Yo, what's up, fam? Episode 12 with Chaos Kevin. I don't even know why he why didn't you put it as like your name, Chaos Kevin, bro? I you should have told me you should have told me while we were you know just talking before. (laughs) Yeah, like honestly, like um like I don't know why it like didn't happen like that, but whatever. It's all good, bro. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me here. We were trying to do Instagram and I can already tell it's not working. Is there, it's, it's fine. Immediately, it was immediately like this. It doesn't make any sense. It's okay though. We'll eventually get Instagram working at some point, um, yeah. which is fine. I'm going to like do it on my phone or I'm going to try to do it on my phone while I do it. Bro. Well, but thankful, thankfully my computer is working and it's charging. <laughs> oh yeah. He, he Guys, he almost didn't make it. He was like, dude, my computer is completely blown. Like, <laughs> what's happening? And I'm like, all right, well, we're just going to do the best that we can do then. Am I right? Yeah. Bro, so for the people, what, how did you get into entrepreneurship and real estate? Yes. Who is Chaos Kevin? So my name is Kevin, Kevin Cho. People call me the Chaos Kevin, and I think we'll explain that later in the podcast. Um, no, explain but- it right now. Well, actually start with what is it now? Never mind. Start with how you got into real estate, and then, then I want to know the name because I don't know the name. Oh, really? You don't? No. Oh, okay. Um, so I got into real estate straight <clears throat> straight out of high school. And the reason why I kind of got into real estate was because I did not get into the school I wanted to go to in my senior year or like second semester of my senior year. I, I, I applied for UC Irvine. That was a school that I was trying to get into. And looking at my grade and my everything, like... How old are you? I'm 21. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're like a... Like a little kid. <laughs> but I, I got into it because I I didn't get into the school I wanted to. I thought I was going to get in with, you know, the grades that I had and the, you know, uh, test scores that I had. Didn't get into it. And I was kind of forced to go into a community college, which I absolutely did not enjoy every a minute of it. So I was taking, you know, all these courses by myself. Um, didn't have any friends. And about six or seven weeks into community college, I was like, you know what, I, I'm forget about it. I'm just going to take a, take a semester off and see what I want to do. And that's, that's how I, that's when I kind of got into entrepreneurship is like, Hey, if I drop out of college, what am I going to, what am I going to do? So um, I kind of looked around and did, did some research, you know, listened to like, you know, YouTube, you know, Graham Stephan and all those guys. And I think one of the only thing that I had uh, without a college degree that I can get into was real estate. So I, got into real estate thinking, oh, I'm going to be a real estate agent just like everybody else. Um, but along the way, it was right before COVID that I was that I finished the course. I was going to take the test um, and I was going to take my uh, become a real estate, real estate agent. But COVID stopped the testing process in California, I'm sure you know, for at least like nine or ten months. So I was just couldn't take the test. So along the way, I was kind Are of trying to become one in California. Yeah, I'm from California. Irvine. I didn't know that, bro. We're Irvine? Okay. Yeah. I grew up there, middle school, high school, and a little bit of college. Okay. Um, so I was I was trying to take the test and it halted for like 10, 9, 10 months. So along the way, I was, you know, already following enough entrepreneurs like Gary Vee, you know, Max Maxwell, all these real estate people. And what I and I ended up running across real ATM business along the way. And I did that for a little bit, like ATM business where you put, put the money, put the card in and you get the cash. I did that for a very little bit and then ended up ended up finding uh, real estate wholesaling because I was watching all these YouTube videos on entrepreneurship, real estate, ATM business. And it just kind of algorithm kind of led me here. And then I did I signed up for Wholesaling Inc. And I did a couple of wholesale deals there. And then I eventually found out about, about Pace. Because of the because of the YouTube algorithm, that's part of Sub Two and Sub Two for the people who are listening to this for the first time is Pace Morby's mentorship. We're both part of it. I'm wearing his hat right now. It's creative financing, which we're not going to talk about at all. It's just a really special way of buying houses, basically, or buying real estate. But that's how we know each other. And then he and I just want to do that little disclaimer of what that is. So keep going. Yeah, and then I eventually transitioned into creative financing. So. I think it trickled down from like, you know, entrepreneurship, uh, HM business, wholesaling. And then I got into, got funneled into, you know, creative finance through like YouTube algorithms. But 
I think that's how I got started into real estate, really. Nice. So why are you named Chaos Kevin? Everyone wants to know. So in sub two, we do a weekly Q&A. And I had a deal with a real estate agent. And uh, it was a wholesale deal. Should I explain what wholesaling is? No, they know what wholesaling is. Okay. Well, wholesaling, I'll just do it real quick for anyone who doesn't know. It's basically where you get a property under contract and you sell the contract. Yeah. But I don't think that's as important. Just yeah. keep going. Yeah. So I, I had a really, really good deal that I was about to lock up under contract. But real, real estate agent was saying, hey, you need to put hard earnest money down and you need to do all these little contingencies for me to secure the deal. And I was like pretty sure it was a really good deal. I ran the numbers like 10 different times. I ran the comps. I ran the renovation. I asked like 10 different people. Everybody said it was a really good deal. And um, I was like, you know what? I don't want to put, you know, $3,000 hard earnest money down and not be able to get back. Hard. So like yeah. if you put the earnest money down, you lost it if you didn't wholesale it? Yeah. Or if I didn't close on it, I would have lost it. Okay. And at that point, I was still living with my mom. So I didn't have any money to do that kind of stuff. Um, so, I'll, so on the q and I said, hey, Pace, I have this really, really good deal. Um, I just don't know what to do with it. Uh, it's a really good deal. I ran the numbers and Pace just says, lock it, you know, lock it up, uh, lock it up, you know, call the realtor right now. And me, and me, I was like pretty brand new in, into real estate. I, I was probably into it like six or seven months. I done few, only a few deals at that point. And I was like, no, Pace, I can't do that because uh, realtor is going to think I'm a wholesaler. Realtor is going to think I'm, I don't have any money. He's not going to, he doesn't, he might find out I live live with my mom um but then he was like everybody in the chat was saying hey go go call the real estate agent so i end up calling i end up calling the real estate agent and then i end up locking that contract up and then i found a partner on that, the q a yeah i found a partner that can close on it he ran the numbers and he partnered on the deal and he put the money for me uh so right after i got off the phone call like the the zoom group chat the zoom chat it went off. Everybody was like, oh my Everyone's God, like, that's so good. Oh, look at that. Yeah. I should have, a, I know I have a recording of it. I, I listened to it a couple of times. And after the phone call was, hilarious. Pace was like, you know what, Kevin? Like, this is what you need to do is you need to like go out and create this chaos because, you know, you just got to deal by creating a chaos. Um, so he kind of named me, you know, Chaos Kevin. I um, love so, it. Yeah. When Pace dubs a name, it sticks usually. Generally speaking, yeah, people like remember forever. Yeah, I love that stuff, bro. Yeah. So, all right, bro. So, right now, how long have you been in business now? Uh, year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. What are What are your struggles now? What What stage are you at in your business, and what are the current struggles? Um. So, one of my struggles. I think is I have a way too high of a, of expectation for myself then I could catch <laughs> up reasonably right so it's uh, so right now I do about one to two deals a month you know you know mm-hmm. cash or creative and at that and I have like three or four under contract currently in in escrow okay and if I if a two month you know Kevin from two months ago, three months ago, saw what I had. I would have been pretty ecstatic that I have, um, you know, three or four deals and I do consistently one to two deals a month because before three or four months ago, I was maybe doing, you know, one deal a month, maybe. Um, But now that I've gotten attraction and I've gotten, I know the experience and I I know how to do the deals. Like I'm doing, I up my numbers about one to two deals a month. And then I have deals in escrow that is, you know, that are you know, contracts that are about to be closed. Um, I have my expectation right now is no longer I want to do one or two deals a month. My, I want to be at least doing five to six deals a month. And my expectation is like right here. But my actual reality is down here. And it kind of both it kind of plays both ways because it's a, such a big motivating factor for me. But then sometimes I don't I don't meet that expectation. I see the too big of a difference. So wait a minute, hold on. I'm gonna stop you. So okay, so when did you start consistently doing one to two deals a month? 
just about recently, ever since I moved to Phoenix and a couple months Which before. Which was when? Uh, I'll say beginning of this year. Okay, so literally like two months ago. Yeah. It's it's hilarious how your your struggle is. I hit one to two months two months ago, and now I want four to six, and I'm not getting there fast enough. It's like, right. what do you mean, bro? You're about to get there. You're right. like you're like on a trajectory like this. You're like yeah. going all the way up, bro. I just love that. That's not a problem. Yeah. But it is but it is funny in the sense that that is a common mindset issue. I deal with that one where it's like, man, because I'm also at like one to two deals a month. Uh-huh. And it's like, man, like this is super annoying. Like I want to be boost booming through this. Like this is aggravating. I'm only getting like one to two deals a month. Like I want to be doing a lot more. Um, I want to be, I want to be hitting like five to six deals a month or whatever. Right. Right. But it is interesting because it's something that I've noticed with a lot of entrepreneurs like us is like, it's, it's always going to be a thing where we're never satisfied. Right. It's always going to be a thing where it's like, am I, what is that? As soon as you hit five to six, it's like, okay, now I want six to 12. Right. 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 The day it happens that's what's gonna happen which is just it it's just is what it is Mm -hmm. so i like it i like that that that's the struggle that's definitely the mindset struggle is i'm assuming dealing with that right like so how do you how do you deal with that with the fact that you're like man i'm not reaching my expectations right now how do i deal with the fact that i'm not reaching my uh, goals um at the moment at the moment because you are reaching your goals you're just not it's funny because it's like you literally just like set this goal very recently so i wouldn't say you're not hitting it but what's happening i'm assuming is that it's kind of like making you annoyed that you're not hitting it faster right 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 because you're like ma'am um what uh so what do you do about that do you like does it like give you stress or like, is it just annoying? How does it feel? And how do you deal with that? Whatever that feeling is. Oh, it's, um, I kind of think about the people that kind of started along with me Mm -hmm. because I I remember the people that used to go to the daily dials with me. I remember people that used to, you know, go on the Q&A. The daily dials for anyone who knows is a thing also in sub two where we practice how to talk to sellers. So keep going. Yes. And me knowing that, and and I'm sure you have seen Jonah too, is there's a lot of people that quit along the way that used to be at the daily dial, that used to be at the Q&A, that used to show up to every single Zooms, and they're no longer in even in this business. So just the fact that like I am still standing here in this real estate game, like kind of doing like cranking through, nice. is already such a big win in itself. And um, it's like okay, well, I just got to stick through it to beat like ninety percent of the competition. Um, but then this is also, and I want to say one more thing on how I overcome this, and this is this might not work for a lot of people. But I give myself, hey, it's okay. You're only, you know, this many years old. You're only, you're only one, like 18 months into this game. There's other people that were into it a lot longer that are doing just about the same. So it kind of brings my expectation down a little bit lower. Um, it just gives, gets me. It doesn't bring your expectations down. It makes it where you're like, it's chill. I haven't reached my goals yet. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah. I'm going to live. Yeah. So. Right. I like that. That's hilarious. I mean, not hilarious. It's not funny, but to me, it's funny because I deal with the exact same thing. Right. Because you're, you're, you and you and I are like always looking for the next thing, right? Right. Like I'm not like, okay, now I got one deal this month. Okay, well, let's just chill for a couple of weeks, and then if I have if I run out of money, I'll go start you know door knocking again. You know, right. It's not the kind of thing that we are, that we have the same mindset about. So. Right. You're a visionary type, right? I yeah. think, 100%. yeah, I can tell. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> do you think, do you think you're, do you think you're going to want to get a partner? This is something I've been thinking about and I'm kind of curious what you think. Um, So funny you ask because I was actually literally thinking about this the whole week. Yeah. And because I look at Pace and Cody's partnerships 
Mm-hmm. It works out phenomenal. You know, everybody, you know, each party fills in each person's empty spaces. However, I've also seen uh, business partnerships that end horribly mm-hmm. and drawn back to square one. Right. Uh, I've seen, you know, people doing this, people doing five to 10 deals, their partnership breaks. They spent months and months, you know, dissolving that LLC or, you know, letting each other go and, you know, uh, liquidating their assets and they're back to square one. And I just don't want to be in that space where, hey, like, let's get to, let's get into a partnership. We do a little bit and it doesn't work well. I'm back to square one. And now I have, and now I'm kind of starting all over again. That's my biggest fear. That's your biggest fear is partnering up. Yeah, because I know the value in partnerships. Like I've done partnerships, you know, JV deals, but no LLC partners. And I'm scared that I'll be drawn back to square one because the other party doesn't fulfill it. Because I'm pretty sure like if I do a partnership, and this is just me, of course, is I'm going to bring things to the table that I promise. Uh, But you can't really guarantee that on the other person's point of view. So... It's like, I don't want to be frustrated. I'd rather just do my own thing and just be blame myself if things don't go right. And that's just how I view partnerships. I, yeah. I want to get your thoughts too. 100%. I mean, that's 100% how I feel. I feel like I, I'm also like you. You and me are very similar. Guys, this is also really the first time I've talked to Kevin, like really, okay. like for a long extended time. I mean, it's the same thing with me. Is like, I'm pretty, I'm, I don't understand the dating process. I don't understand how that even works. I sort of get it. You're direct to seller, right? You run a direct to seller model. I used to. Yeah. Okay. Do you do JV now? Yeah. I do JV deals now. See, like, I don't even know how you start that as a JV. Like I, like I, anyways, but like, I, like, I don't get it. I don't understand how you start that dating process that way. Something I'm going to eventually ask Pace or ask somebody else, but it's like, it's interesting. The idea of a partnership because it's like a marriage. So it's one of those things where it's like, is it even worth it? It seems like really only in really opportune times. I've seen it, people who look for partnerships, it can like work really well, like Cody and Pace. But then again, Pace has done it where he's had like, I think two or three partnerships and they all fail, all of them, because they just were not on the same page, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just was like thinking about it because like the thing is I can do integrator stuff. Like I have pretty good systems, but it's really annoying be yeah. so cool if I had somebody to do it. Yeah. But yeah, I was just thinking about that. But so also, but also for me, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt, but okay. I like the control aspect of it. Right. So let's just say you like you, you get into a partnership and you hold real estate together. And if that real that partnership doesn't work out, all the portfolio that you built out, you basically cut it gets cut into half and you know the other person takes the other 50% and who gets what. And I just like to have my own security. Like I will do, I think personally, I will do like wholesale fix and flip businesses with other people, but I would never hold anything with other people. I gotcha. Yeah. And the reason being that like, where do you think that comes from? Because like what, what makes you, how do I like say that right? What's the right question there? Like, where do you think, that comes from do you think it's just from what people have told you and like the risks that are there because sometimes it can work uh yes i think it's be it's what i hear from other people and obviously i only hear one side of the story um but but nonetheless when partnerships when it's like it takes long it's not easy to just dissolve a partnership you know if you're far into it so for me it's I'd rather, you know, not, I'd rather stay where I'm at and not be in a partnership than become a partnership and have the risk of me going back to going back a couple of steps. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. So, okay. So what fears, do you have any fears right now? Fear of, fear of a partnership is one thing that's kind of different. That's not really what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Do you, what do you think there are any, I guess I would say, limiting beliefs for you right now in your business that you think might be holding you back? I'll give an example before you answer that. I'll give an example of mine that I recently like found out when I went to Pace's mastermind was 
oh, I'm not where I want to be because I'm afraid of spending money. Mm. Like, I really don't want to spend money. I want to preserve as much of it as I can. And I think that probably came from my family. And like growing up, it was a lot of, um, you know, like make sure you save money. Anything can happen. You got to make sure that like you have a nest egg so that when, you know, the SHIT hits the fan, you can do you can do something about it and you're not decked immediately. And obviously there's truth to that too, but I realized it was getting to a point where it's like, no, 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 no. I, I have 50% of the money. I don't know. I'm like doing nothing with mm. like I'm paying myself well. And then I'm just got like a bunch of money here that I'm not utilizing, which is not good. I need to just, I need to start hiring people. I need to start like expanding the business. Like what am I doing? This is keeping me back. This fear that kind of translates from, how I grew up and what I was learning. So yeah. I don't know if you've self-analyzed that much, but have you ever thought of any, do you think there are any limiting beliefs you have right now? Um, fear of money is definitely one of the, one of the fears that <clears throat> now that you say that, that I do. Fear of I, having money or spending money or well, what about money? Fear of spending money. Okay. Um, because I just moved out of my parents' house about a month ago. I think exactly four weeks ago today on Thursday was... A month ago? Yeah, exactly a month ago. So, Round um, of applause. Yes. Round of applause right there, bro. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Um, it, was, it was a big leap of faith for me. Mm -hmm. and, and now that I have... Now that I have responsibilities, now that I have bills to pay and, you know... Um, I can't, I don't want to go back to my parents' house or things like that. Spending money, uh, the fear of spending money, it actually gotten more attention for me. Just because, hey, as an entrepreneur, if I don't have deals closing, how am I going to really afford this, right? And I'm just starting out in my, I will say like adult life, like really moving out of my parents' house um, because there's, even if I don't make any money in, in parents' house, I still have food. I still have the housing. I just don't have any discretional spending. But right now, it's it's kind of flipped, right? If I really don't make any money, um, then I really have no place to go or no, right. no food to eat. Not that, I, not that I'm like about to be homeless. Um, but we have to hunt for what we... We have to hunt for our food while well, most people just have a check and they know they're going to have a check. Well, like right. we have to like make sure the business is running. Otherwise we get kicked on the street and like we just are like screwed for a little while until either A, we start another business or B, we have to find a job or something like that. Right. Your right. Is that that might happen. Am I right? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And I think that fear may have played a good role <clears throat> or a bad role. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, once I don't have that uh, cushion or that safety net, it makes you a little bit more anxious. And you you do certain, you talk certain way that you do certain things that are not, that you necessarily wouldn't do. Just just exactly like commission breath, right? Like, Explain, I have, what do you mean? What do you say that you wouldn't do or what would you do that you wouldn't do? Um, so, I mean, one of the easy example is is going out right going out to eat going out hanging out with friends like i have completely cut that out of my life like for now for for the last couple of weeks just mm -hmm. because hey like that, that, that those are discretional spending and i could go grocery shop and make food at home and that could save me a couple hundred bucks a month um so like there's there's certain things that i cut out and there's certain things that i want to like hey i want to go out and you know meet with people i want to go out and you know to take people to dinner but those things are just like not available like very comfortably so um that's okay kind of, man. yeah i got you like it's i understand that that's like different i mean i don't know like if if you're at that point where you're just starting your business and like you just started like adult life where you have where you are just getting in the income anyways where you can do that that's yeah. like a very reasonable fear i mean i don't know where you're at in your business right now but um 
I understand. So here's here's what I'm proposing because I I think I was you not that long ago. Mm-hmm. What number do you you have to have in the bank where you can start going out again? You can start doing things that you actually want to do. Have you thought of the number? Um. Uh, it's, that's kind of hard to explain because like 10K in the bank, it could last me a couple months, 100K in the bank, last me a year. But then for me, it's more of like, um, how passive it is. Like that stability of passive income. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's, you guys, so really it's, it's rental, it's rental, <laughs> it's rental income. You're not going to feel comfortable until you have rental income, basically, is what you're saying, that you know is always going to come in? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. That that can make sense. I have a, I think, because I want you to be enjoying going out and having a good time, too, as a 21-year-old, mm-hmm. is also, I think you should come up with a number based on your wholesale deals, too, where you're like, okay, I'm going to calm down. And I'm going to like enjoy life a little bit because I mean, depending, I mean, obviously, right. That you could do, you could do one Airbnb deal and get 10 K a month or something like Pace has talked about. Yeah. But usually when starting out or what I've noticed is that it takes a while to get the passive to where it's covering everything. Yeah. Once you get the passive to cover everything, that's financial independence. Right. Right. If you, I would suggest because I had this just is like actually come up with like a, okay, if I'm making, if I've made, I don't know, 10 K to me, not just 10 K in general, but like there's 10 K getting paid to me every single month for the past two months or something, I'm going to relax and I'm going to reward myself. Right. Cause that's something we don't do as entrepreneurs is we don't reward ourselves ever. And it's huge. Yeah, It's huge to reward yourself when something happens. That's really, really good. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's really key for anyone who's listening that getting rewards for yourself when you do something is really important for your like long term stability of like you being able to do this and being able to keep doing this. Um, So I definitely this is that's my challenge to you right now is I kind of want you to think like, okay, how much until I can start eating out again? Yeah, how much until I can like you know, like do something fun with some friends or do a trip or some something. I don't know. Cause like it, it makes life, it make you want to be enjoying life while it's happening, you know? Yeah. Right. You miss a lot of, you miss out a lot of moments that you could have had, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just more fun. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of has to do with like, this is like kind of real estate related is like my assignment fees have been like very, very small. So it's, like, what are you week. averaging? Like, I closed a deal last week. It was twenty five hundred assignment fee, but I actually end up taking like only like sixteen hundred. And then mm-hmm. I closed a deal the week before. It was two grand. The week before that, I closed a sixty six hundred, but that was kind of eaten up with all the moving expenses. So, <clears throat> trying to get you maybe talk more real estate after the podcast because oh, yeah. I. I'll help you out with that type of stuff too. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that's a, well, actually we're going to talk a little bit about it right now because that's, I think that might also be another mindset belief that's causing that. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to delve into it a little bit because that's what I've, I noticed this with myself. When I started, my first deal was 10 K and I literally was over the moon. I had never, before I made that 10 K, I'd never made more than 10 K in a year my entire life. Right. So I made 10 K and I was like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Right. And then I couldn't get over 30 K 30 K. I was like, I like, I, I literally felt like I don't deserve to make third more than 30 K on a wholesale deal ever. Like I, like I'm asking too much for my buyers. I like, I like, I might not even sell it. And then I have to deal with the stress of not selling it. Like I might've been able to make more, but at least I got that quick 30 K that's a limiting belief, right? If you know something is worth more, you deserve the money that you're getting. 
Do you think something like that might be happening with you with the 1200 and 6600? Like, do you think those were honestly small deals or do you think you might have been able to bring in more? Uh, yeah, I could have definitely brought in more. <laughs> no, <I'm not> <laughs> it's like, I, I want to be, I want to like, be, what was that? Do you think it's something like what I described? Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, I want to be the nice, you know, wholesaler, like bring good deals, good reputation. Right. But then it's like, okay, well, let me eat first and then you can eat, right. too, you know. Um, right. So I, so I, I always discount first. Like this terrible sales tactic, but I always discount first. What do you mean? Like when, the, when like let's say I, you know, bring them a deal and the buyer, like, buyer says, uh, I think it's a little too high. Okay, then would you do half the price? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I want to, we need to get you into, when we get you enough money, you should just do the Keegley course because Keegley talks about selling deals a lot, right? I'm an astro and a sub two student. Mm -hmm. That is the worst thing you could do ever is immediately do that. What you got to immediately, what you got to first do is just be like, okay, that's fine. Because you'll train your buyers to ask for discounts if you give them. Yeah. Right. Um, But what do you think? What do you think is preventing you from asking for more money than what you're doing right now? Um, uh, scarce, scarcity mindset, I think, in that there's very small buyers. There's very few buyers that I can really work with. And I have a deal that can just fall apart with if that buyer just decides not to back out. Explain more. Um, so my very first deal, it was a, it was a $10,000 assignment piece, assignment piece, assignment piece, supposedly we got a buyer at 10,000 and we got a, and then we find that we come to the closing table, like a couple of days before there's a $7,000 utility lien that the seller did not pay. And the seller had, yeah, seller had no intention of paying because she was, she didn't want to, you know. She didn't want to deal with it. Um, and instead of me saying, well, well, that's your responsibility to pay. You stayed in the house. You got to pay for the utility bills. And the seller was, she said she was going to cancel if she, if she didn't, you know, if we didn't uh, execute on it. Um, and, I, and I immediately said, okay, I'll pay it. And right there and then I just lost $7,000. I, I gave this, I gave 70% discount on my deal. So um, it's like fear of losing the deal. And I think it, beca- I think it has to do with, you know, uh, scarcity mindset. Like, hey, like if I, don't get, if I don't get this to close, then I might not have money. So I'm just going to take a little bit of the, at, at the very least, you know, $3,000 and get the deal to work rather than, you know, uh, canceling on it and making like a 20K assignment fee on the next one. So I, I think that's the mindset issue for me. I think that one, actually, I might have done the same, to be honest. I might have not done it different. I would have negotiated with the seller. But that's a little bit different, in my opinion. That one was just more like, because, I mean, if she wouldn't have, she, I mean, sellers sometimes act crazy. And then for you to do that, you either A, have to sue her or B, negotiate, because she's like, she has to sign the closing papers, right? And 3K is better than nothing. But the only time you do that, would be if you're trying to you have to be at a state where it's like okay you know what nope i'm gonna scare the hell out of you i'm gonna sue you because i don't want to be screwed with anymore which is that which if you're just starting out which like are just starting to make money that's not worth it you just need the money now i don't know about that one i'm talking more give me like an experience where you've you sent out a deal and you're like, I feel like I could get more money, but I'm not going to because. Huh. Huh. Or, or is it that you, or is it that you don't know how much you can get it for? Mm. Yeah. I think partially the second part is true because I have always never sold my own deals. I gotcha. Who sells so your deals? I have a, like in Florida, I always 
go to Jason Lombardi. He sells all my deals. Who is he? He's a he's a he's a sub two student in Tampa, and he has a pretty good buyers list. I mean, I mean, he doesn't. He he knows this guy from New Western. And in how does it work with him? I just do a fifty fifty with him. But does he just okay? So you're not the one even selling the deals. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's not. I mean, then that's not even your fault. That means he's not asking enough money. Or or are we just not lock, or are we just locking it up too low? Like I'm what I'm trying to tease out here, why I'm asking you these questions is like I'm not sure if it's a mindset thing or if it's just like a practical like I just don't know what I can get. Like I haven't created a buy formula in Florida or whatever. Yeah. Right. Cause you could just have a terrible disposition wholesaler. Or you could be you know, like, or what we need to do is build out a buyer's list. Oh, okay. So, he, okay. I think I understand the question now. And I no, I understood it. Now I know the answer. I think on every single deal, I never go more than 10K. I always lock it up way too high just for me to barely push to 10K. Why? But then you try to push to 10K. You're not always gonna get the ten thousand. You might get, you know, eight thousand. So wait, why do you lock it up too high? Is because I just want any deal. God, it's the scarcity mindset then. It's, so I that's mean, where we're getting back. It's the scarcity mindset of like, oh my god, I have a deal. I want to give them enough money where I get something, even if I don't really. I know I could get it lower, but. I'm just going to overpay more than I need to so that I get something. Is that right? Yes. If I get it, if I get it, if I try to get it too low, I might lose the deal. Right. So I try to please the seller and say, I, okay, I can do it. It's okay. If I only make $2,000, you get to keep it all. Um, and I think it, I think that's, that's my, that's my mindset is I never like literally now that I think about it, every time I lock up a deal, I never even shoot for 15K. It's like, okay, can I make 10K on this? Okay, if I, if I need to make 10K, what do you think I need to be at? Okay, let me lock it up. Not, okay, well, let me at least get 20K. And then, you know, let's, let's get the seller even lower. Right. Um, now right. I know. So how are we going to change that? Um. <laughs> I, I think I think here's here's what will change that is if you have enough deals flow, if you have enough deal flow that losing losing out on 5k is not the end of the world because you spending you, you not spending that time on 5k deal can can net you like a 20k on another deal right because typically what I've realized is smallest deals take take the most effort. Like they, they are the most headache. So I think I have to really be focused, be really mindful of a hey, what's maybe I need to set like a minimum standard for myself. I'm going to give you some suggestions because yes. I, you're dealing with problems I dealt with. So these are direct to seller deals. It used to. Yes. Used to be. What are they right now? Uh, Why well, do JV deals now? So who's negotiating with a seller? Me. So you're where are you J you're JVing on the disposition, right? Yes, yes. So wholesaler bring like like a dead wholesaler. You're you're still talking to the seller though. That's what I'm talking about. Right, right. Okay. So you're talking to the seller, disposition wholesaler comes to you and is like, hey, we need to get it for this. And then what happens? Do you immediately, do you give your price to the seller? Is that like what's happening? Is like, okay, now I'm just going to give them 10 K less than that. I'm gonna be like, this is what I can do. Or how does it go? That's basically how it goes. Okay. So that's what I thought. Basically it just sounds like what we need to do is just get you better at negotiating is my, in my opinion is like figuring out like, okay, getting them to get the price first, that type of stuff. In my opinion, that seems to just be the issue is that you're immediately like, fuck it. I'm going to just tell them a price where I get 10K instead yeah. of 
instead of because here's the thing that's happening you're future tripping thinking that if i ask for too low then i'm going to they're just going to say screw you and then never talk to you again right that's what you're thinking right exactly that you're going to just lose it that's yeah. never how it happens with a seller ever what happens is is you say you know 150k below or whatever that's what i do i go like 150k below my mao something like that and then they're usually like oh, what Are you kidding me and i'm like look like i've made things like this work before like where was your head at like what were you thinking what do you think we can do in order to make this work and then they'll give out a number and then you can work from there to a point where you're making more than 10k mm -hmm. right yeah that's just a negotiation thing that we need to work on but it's also you're right it's also a mindset that i'm gonna i want to break for you right now is it's just not true sellers like if they a seller should get offended mm. if you're not getting it right sellers should be constantly offended at you and then you just bring it back to them and you're like that's okay you know like i'm okay with you being offended right now and just match them match their tone and match it and be like i understand you think that's a lot where was your head at like what 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 do you think is this is or whatever because I don't think I've ever had a seller where I give an offer where then they immediately just hang up the phone unless you haven't built any rapport. That means you haven't built any rapport. If they like you even a little bit, you can you can make it work. Right, right. But yeah, I would say because you should watch the one I did with Daniel Keanu. That was the best one I've ever had. I think he like created a whole process. And like one of the parts is defining that fear. At least we've put a name to it now because I bet have you consciously even thought of it? Define no, I, I never really thought of I feel like this is therapy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've gotten that like three times now. No, really no, I really feel like this is therapy. Yeah. Like you literally <laughs> like, diagnosing my problems. And I never even I never thought I had this problem until you brought it out of me. Yeah. So there you go. That's the first step is like, oh shit, I have a problem. And now it's like, okay, now we're going to tackle it head on. Because I know you take action. That's why you're called Chaos Kevin, right? Obviously. Mm -hmm. That's why you're good at taking action. The, it is really hard for humans to self-analyze and figure out what's keeping them back. Right? Yeah. So it's usually, it is pretty difficult. And I'm, like, I'm excited to hear how it goes with the next seller. About yeah. like, what's that fear? What else? What else? What other fears do you think you might have or other mindset issues you might have? Um, fear of not getting there quick enough. Okay. Explain. Um, I think I'm very fortunate to have gone into this real estate creative financing world. And I was really just barely out of, you know, college. And, um, but then I compare myself with the people that are, are with my friends and the people that are in this real estate there business, it is. right? And there's always that one person, there's always like that group of people that are doing way, way ahead of me. Right. And you never see the people that are doing less than you, right? Or at least I don't. Um, so diagnose me, please. <laughs> I'm not diagnosing you. I'm just letting you know that these are just all things that we all deal with. Like it's a, that's another one. I, I still deal with that one where I'm like, man, I want to beat all of my fucking friends. Excuse me. Let's not swear. I want to beat all of my friends. I want to, I want to literally toast them out of the water because they had been beating me for years. I had been doing like volunteer work and all sorts of other stuff. So I never made that much money while they're all, you know, in SF with tech jobs, making hundred to 200 K right out of college. Right. Or whatever, maybe 60, whatever, way more than I had ever made, right? The issue with that is that energy is really, it's a toxic energy, right? That's a, they, that's a toxic motivator. It is motivating, right? It does motivate you, but it puts you in a really bad place when you're, when you're with other people, Right? That's something that I've noticed is that in the it, it's such a better one when you 
start making it more like, no, I'm pretty, I'm so happy they're doing so well. I'm just going to focus on me. I'm going to focus on what I'm doing right now because I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, it's it's such a hard thing of like, it's it's like Gary Vee talks a lot about this. You know Gary Vee? Yeah, Gary Vee. It's literally his whole thing is like patience. You're 21. You're so goddamn young. Most I'm surprised you have friends making money. Most 21-year-olds are like in college making literally nothing. Oh, but no, not, not like my college friends, but like people like you and, you know, people that are in real. <laughs> I mean, I feel it, dude. Like I, I sometimes I'm like, man, I want to be I want to be Pace. Like sometimes I get that urge to like, yo, I want to I, I want to get to the point where I'm competing with Pace at like yeah. some point. Like I get I get energized by that a little bit. Mm, me too. Um, but there's a positive to it and then like a negative to it. The negative is when you start feeling bad about yourself because of it. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, it's one of those ones where I would say identify it and for sure, like remember that like where you are is very different than where I am or where paces am like, Honestly, like I, I would, I'm willing to bet that Pace, when he was 21, was doing what I was doing, which when I was 21, which was just chasing girls and drinking alcohol. I guess he didn't drink alcohol, but like chasing girls, <laughs> like literally screwing around where you're like starting a business. Yeah. Like a year, I, I want to just say, FYI, you're light years ahead than most people at your age. Mm -hmm. But then also, um, more on top of that, it's like just, it's all about patience, man. Yeah. Like I, that's what, that's my advice to you. Like, honestly, is just like, realize that you're going to be patient, that it's a long game. It's a very long game and you're going to be a millionaire by the time you're my age. And I'm not a millionaire because you're already hitting it at 21, seven years. I'm 28. I'm mm -hmm. 27. I'm about to be 28 in like a month. Mm -hmm. So it's a long game, man. It's what it also what's comforts me with pace is that he started at like 32 yeah. where I'm like, I'm already ahead of pace because of, I got a head start on him and you got a head start on both of us. Yeah. So anyway, there's my therapy. That's my little therapy session. So really? I, I want to ask you a question because where do you think that like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to call it. Like competitiveness slash urgency for me. I think it comes from, school because like in school you know how there's like the regular math and then you're like one grade above there's two grade above there's always that like advanced people and i was never advanced in school right so i always like ha i think i'm thirsty for that kind of um up like up upgrade does that kind of make sense yeah i mean you're comparing yourself to others you're what you're doing is is that you're what you're doing i mean okay first off it's really a problem when you're comparing yourself to others. But then you, but because of that, you say, screw the entrepreneurship, screw what I want to do. I'm going to go get a tech job or whatever. Because mm -hmm. you could go get a job and make 60K a year tomorrow if you wanted to. Wow. Like you could easily do something like that, right? But instead of that, even if you're comparing yourself to others, what you're doing is you're still making it happen so that you beat everybody else. Right. So first yeah. off, I want to applaud you there. And then second off. Um, yeah. Like it's just, I, the only advice I would give is that it's, it's literally not serving you. It can serve you and it cannot serve you competitiveness will serve you in the sense that like, okay, well, like I want to beat Jonah. Well then let's freaking go. Let's put in 15 hours a day or whatever. Like do I'm going to call 500 agents or whatever you do, or like, like whatever it is that use it in that sense, have it, have it fuel you. Here's a good way of doing it. Here's how I think of it. I think of it as demons chasing me, my demons. I put them behind me to chase me forward instead of putting the demons in front of me and then I have to fight them. And that stops me from running. Right. Oh. So it depends. I don't think it's necessarily bad to be competitive. That's what you are. You're competitive. 
but just make sure it's pushing you in the right direction, which I think you're doing. So I think you're doing fine. I don't even necessarily think it's a mind. It's a barrier unless, mm-hmm. but like making, I'm making yourself feel bad about it. It might be the issue. Okay. That's what I think it might be. Is that it? Like, do you feel really bad when you see somebody, you know, getting like a hundred K deal or 150 K deal? Like I get it. Like I a hundred percent at one point felt that way too. Mm-hmm. Does it like make you feel, like feel bad when you see that yes 100 percent. like i i i get it like i did too because yeah. before i ever made deals like that that's what it is the difference is is that you already have the ability to do that mm-hmm. there are going to it is already foretold in the future because i know you that you're gonna get a 100k deal it's gonna happen it's just a matter of time and once you do it you're gonna see it and then like start really celebrating other people yeah. But yeah, I think I it is a hard thing to get over, especially at like your stage. Yeah. And like, but don't worry about it, man. I'm just this is fun. This is fun to see. This is this is fun for me. I'm loving this. I love it too. Like I'm like literally taking like John down. Yeah, <laughs> like a bunch of notes. I love it. I love it. So, my man, what would you say to yourself? From where you are now, what would you say to yourself on the first day you started with all the knowledge that you know now? Um, well, what, ha- what did other people say? Um, I don't want to know what other people said. What would you say? If, if I start... If like what advice would I give to them? If, what advice would what I give? Advice, so you just started day one. In real estate. Yeah. You remember yourself day one when yes. you just started? Yes. What advice would you give to yourself now being where you are? Um, I want to, I wish I invested more into relationships. Hmm. And, and the reason being is because, um, quick story, I, my parents are moving back to Southern California from Las Vegas and I was, and they, and I, I am in charge of setting their house as an Airbnb. And um, me being virtual here in Phoenix, it I didn't have any resources. I, I didn't have any cleaners. I didn't have any handyman, whatever. And it took me uh, probably almost a whole day on Monday. You know, today's Thursday. On Monday, I spent the whole day trying to find cleaners that would give me a good number. It was a 2,000-square-foot house. We, we got we to gotta clean up. At hundred dollars, well, per clean with a house, but uh, when I was calling around the people on Google, like they were all charging me two hundred fifty to two hundred eighty. But then on Tuesday, I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna make a post on Instagram and say, hey, do you guys have any cleaners in in Las Vegas? I can do Airbnb cleaning.'" And then within um, two hours, I got Stan, one of the me. He 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 gave me a contact to one of his former cleaners, and I call her up. I ask her how much would you charge, and she says, hundred twenty dollars. <laughs> With and that was just one post that I made, and the built relationships that I had built. So I'm like, now that I think about it, I wish I had invested in more relationships with people like you, people like Dan Keanu, people like Pace, people like that are doing way more deals than me, because I can get into their circle and I can save. Like I mean, for this case, it was a one whole day of trying to find cleaners, you know. So how would you recommend to somebody who's starting out? Because you and me are blessed to be part of a, this amazing community stuff too. Right. How would you how would you recommend to the guy who just started? How should they create those relationships? Um, I think appreciating people out of the blue. Hmm. Um, have you have that. you read Giftology? No. It's a it's a book on how to give gifts, hmm. and one and one thing that they say that stuck out to me the most was, give unexpectedly, right? So what that what, what that means is instead of giving a Christmas gift, instead of giving a birthday gift, you would literally pick a random date. Let's just say September, you know, twenty twenty first. You know, I don't even know what that day is. Or today, you know, today is just a normal day. I would I would actually this is what I actually do is I every day I. Go to go through my contacts and I, and I and I pick one person that I just want to appreciate. 
um, and I say, you know what? Hey, brother, I do a voice more. Hey, brother, I'm so thankful to have you in my life. You've really changed the trajectory of my life, and I honestly don't know where I'll be if you didn't give me some. Of, if you didn't give me this pointer, or you know. So my friend Aaron Weitzman, out in Southern California, he gave me this advice. Hey, like if if something goes terribly wrong, you have five minutes to complain. You know, five minutes to blame other people. Blah blah blah. And after five minutes is over, I uh, you keep your head up and you go, you know, go walk, run towards your goals. And he gave me that advice when I when I had four deals fall through last week, four back to back to back to back, every one a day. Yeah, and I was just super, you know, energy drained. I it was Friday night. Aaron calls me up and I, it's like, hey, what's up, brother? I just wanted to say I love you, and I appreciate you. And then I'm like, you know what, like, Aaron, thank you so much. Um, this is what happened. And I was wondering if I can get some advice. And he gave me that advice. And then yesterday night, yesterday, yesterday night, on Wednesday night, I texted Aaron saying, hey, brother, I'm so thankful for the advice you gave me last week. I mean, honestly, you know, I just, I, I don't think I can thank you enough. Like those random kinds, unexpected, random uh, acts of kindness. I wish I, I think that's anybody can do that. Regardless of you have done hundreds. I like of it a lot. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one, man. Like I, I, I talked a lot about it when I did my podcast with Jamail. Like that's when I talked about it. It's like, you really got to say to people like how much I appreciate you, even for really small things, even for things that are like, kind of like, okay, whatever. But like they did something for you. Like I have it when an agent sent me a trash deal or something, right? I'll be like, you know what? This one doesn't work for me, but thank you so much for sending it to me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Instead of like, hey, these numbers are whack and you suck, which like I get that <laughs> as a wholesaler. And I'm like, man, like screw you, dude. Like what? Like screw you. Like I, I sold that deal 10 minutes later, you piece of garbage, right? And I just don't want to work with them because they're idiots. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's so true about how that little stuff can make a huge difference. So I really appreciate that. Um, do you have a morning ritual? Uh, yes, I do. What is it? So wake up at around 4.50. And Holy Jesus, bro. It Why? Is, it is so hard. <laughs> Why do um, you do that? <laughs> it's a, it, but I, I, I can't really say it's my morning ritual because I don't do it every single day. You know, sometimes like I come home from work or like the office and I work even till like 11 p.m., 12 p.m. And I'm just physically exhausted. I was working. Yeah, that's four hours. Yeah. Okay, but so, why? Why are you even trying to do that? What's the what's the idea behind it? Because I get energized um, when, I, when I'm really tired. I don't really necessarily get energy from the sleep. I get energized from the things that I do and the people that I talk to. Okay. Um, so I, I kind of start my morning off strict slash loose way. Wake up. No, no, first off, why, why 450? Is it because you want more time in the day? Like what's, what's the reasoning? I want to leave the house. By five. Go I, I want to go to the, I want to leave the house by five to go to the gym. So okay. Just a, like a buffer. It's because you want to have enough time for the gym. Yes. Okay. So keep going. Sorry. I just yeah. want to know why. Oh yeah. No, it's 450. I, you know, you know, get dressed, you know, wash my face, get to the car, get to the car. Um, but um, 4.50, uh, get to the gym uh, around 5.10 and then work out for, you know, 40, 45 minutes and come home at 6. And then 6 to 7 or 6 to 7.30 is when I really read my Bible. Like I spend okay. a lot of time with my, with my Bible. I, I do memory. I memorize Bible verses. I pray a lot. And it's what, yeah. So that's my, I have, it's really hard for me to have a, like a clean vision, clear intention with my day without having that like sacred uh, Bible, Bible reading time. Interesting. Um, so I, I must have, I have to have that or in order for me to kind of um, have a, you know, blessed day, I guess. Um, and then after that, it's, you know, I just drive to the office and then just get back to work. But like my Bible reading time is probably one of the most important things for me in order for me to start my day. Okay. I like it. So talk to me a little about it. It's gym and Bible. So you talked a lot. You just talked a lot about why you do the Bible. It's like you can't, you can't have a clear vision. It makes it where you have a vision of like what you want to do. I'm assuming why you want to do it too. Um, what does it give to you? What does the Bible give to you? 
Let's not do the Bible. Let's do the Bible reading. Yes. Good morning. Um, huh. That's such a good question. That is such a good question. I, so for me, I, I've always started off my day with my reading my Bible. So for me, at this point, like transition. Is this something you grew up with? Like, did yes, your parents I, do that with you? My parents did not do it with me. I don't, I don't know why. I just started focusing on reading my Bible. Um, even in my, even my people at the church wasn't doing it. And I was doing it like by myself. You don't know why? Um, um, I, I really don't know why. There's got to be a reason why, man. There's got to be a like- <laughs> Here, here's here's I'm gonna this is say a thing that like people do without a reason why. Yeah, no, I'm gonna say this, and it might not it's not it might not make sense, but I feel like if I spend one hour to one one hours and thirty minutes of reading my Bible to start off my day, I feel like I have way more time. Interesting. Explain like, that more. Um, so when I'm reading my Bible and I'm like in a hurry, let's say I don't go to the gym and I'm in a hurry, like I read my Bible to get more time. Hmm. it's such a weird thing that it's really like other my pastors my mentors in church have told me the same thing and i didn't believe it at first it slows you down it slows me down but i also feel like i get more time because everything works more in order like my day is more organized so i feel like i have more day Um, nice i I like it it doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't. No, make sense. it kind of it makes sense to me. Like I get it. Like I mean, spirituality, at least for me, it's I don't I don't read the Bible, but I I do a lot of spiritual stuff too, and more like more kind of stoicism and other stuff like that, philosophy mm-hmm. and like maybe being one with the universe and all that type of stuff. Yeah. But it puts me at peace to a point where I'm able to get more stuff done, which sounds similar to that. It might not be the same thing. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, I was just curious. Like, it, this is this is why we do it. And then the gym, why does it have to be in the morning? Oh, uh, because I'm way too tired at night. After. Yeah. Because I talk to, I actually work like nine to five to six. Like I actually like on the phone all the, all the time. I'm not do you like, like it specifically in the morning though? Or would you rather it be later? Uh, I, I'd rather be in the morning because uh, when I get home, I'm just, physically tired i just want to lay in bed and i don't have the motivation to go so i would just ra- rather get that out of the way but also it's one of those like check off list you know okay I, I got the morning done I, I mean i got the gym done in the morning so i can um do whatever i want you know i'll let's see what I, what else i can check off the list i was curious just because i also do that not nearly as early i go at like 6 30 um yeah. and then i go to like 8 30 or i'll do jujitsu but but the reason being is that it makes my the rest of my day way better to be sore. I just I just feel amazing for the rest of the day. I feel like nice. Like I'm sore. I feel good. My muscles feel like they work today. And now I I mean like my I do jujitsu too, so it's a little bit different. But with jujitsu, it's like, man, I just got choked out for like 10 minutes. How am I gonna like what what a seller's gonna yell at me? Who gives it who gives a crap? Right? That that does a lot for me because it like really just makes you feel realize nothing nothing is really that big of a deal Uh all right my man we're starting to get over but i got a few more questions for you what is your end goal what is the big 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 goal business wise business wise what does that mean for instance for me my 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 real big goal right now is to make a million in revenue this year. That's a huge okay. one for me. I'm going to try to make by June. I'm trying to hit having made my first million in revenue from when I started two years ago. And then this whole calendar year, I'm trying to hit a full million. Right. Okay. That's one of my goals. I, that's not really what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about in the big goal is like, for me, I want a million from, for my mom, a million for my dad, a million for my sister. And then enough passive income to cover my expenses. That's my end goal where I'm like, once I've hit this, I've hit what I need to do. Mm. And then everything else beyond that is like, I'm just doing it for the fun of it. 
You can say uh, no if you don't have one yet. Um, I, eventually, you should make one. But I'm just I, curious. I think I have one and want to not run it by you, but I kind of want to hear your thoughts on it. Is I'm from Irvine and how Irvine and SoCal is such an expensive market for real estate. Right. I do want to want, I, there's a specific area in Southern California that, that I want a home. It's called Newport Coast. And the homes oh, yeah. in that area, you know, do you know, do you happen to know? Newport, yeah, isn't it New, Newport? Is it like Newport Beach, basically? Yeah, yeah, basically, just a little south of Newport Beach. I mean, Newport Beach is famous, bro. Like, I definitely know Newport Beach. That's a bougie ass area. Yeah, and there's a street. There's a big street called not big street, but Newport Coast is one of the like like Pelican Hills, like very very bougie, like ten million plus real estate. I do want to eventually own a home that has the ocean view. You know, at least you know nice. size of this house. And just be able to pay it with passive income for my rentals. Let's actually, go, dude. I actually visualize it every every day. Like I literally go on Zillow, look at what's for sale, <laughs> <laughs> and then I drive oh, yeah, around Google Maps. That's what I do. Like almost every other day at the very Let's least. do it. I'm I'm so excited for you to achieve that, my man. Yeah. Okay. Um best mindset book. This is gonna be the last question. Uh best mindset book. Uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Ooh. I've heard about one. I haven't read it yet. What's oh, your you favorite have... part about it? Um, it's there's a there's a part of there's a part in the book that says you instead of you getting the money first, it's like you be it, you manifest it, you claim it to the universe, and then and then it manifests into into a very thinking for a rich type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, very similar to that. Yeah, so um, I that's that's what I that's probably one of my favorite mindset books. Hell yeah, bro! All right, dude, I'm gonna cut it, but leave the people with how they get in contact with Chaos Kevin. You're in. Are, where are you doing deals? Florida? We're in Florida. Well, I I used to do a lot of deals in Florida with cash deals, but I switched over to working more foreclosures. Where? Where? Uh, oh, it, does, it could be anywhere. Okay, so nationwide, hit up Kevin. He's gonna be he's gonna be able to close your deals. He's gonna be able to sell them. He can do all of it. What? Uh, how did the people reach you? Uh, Instagram DM is the best way. Uh, is there a way for you to like type in the chat? Like, yeah, I mean, I will. I mean, it'll 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 show up. I'll figure out a way to make it where people do it. Uh, Just what is what is it? Spell it out. It's K- Kevin Cho, K E V I N C H O E, uh, one two at uh, no one two. I do amazing. Kevin Cho twelve. And, Anything else you're trying to plug? Uh, no, not really. Uh, All right, cool. Yeah. All right, guys, then I'm gonna end it. Episode twelve, scorch the fears with chaos, Kevin. It was amazing. Thank you guys for the people who were tuning in. It was a blast. I, that was fun for me. That was a good one where I got to give you some advice. Usually people are giving me advice, but I got to give you some, which was awesome. Yeah, um, thank you. That was amazing for me. Guys, episode 12. I cannot believe I've been doing this long. I'm going to cut it. I'll see you guys next week, 5 p.m. PST.